Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied, on which no one has ever set. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll bring it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside of the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks in the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. And when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Here ends this reading. And how I want to admit that it's a little bit uh, unusual to read this passage now. We're used to reading this in the spring, of course, you know, just before Easter, Palm Sunday, right? We'll read it then, too. But but if we can have Christmas in July, then, you know, maybe we can have Palm Sunday in, in uh, October. <laughs> We've been going through Mark's gospel account for a while now. Um, uh, every every other month getting back getting back into it and we've seen as we've been doing that time and time again Jesus showing that he's the savior Jesus showing that he's the lord that he's the one who will die he's, he's warned warned the disciples the one who will die to give life to many well now he's come to Jerusalem where he would just 5 days after this be put to death on a cross but as he comes in he makes another statement he makes a statement again about who he is and what he will do. So, yeah, I was just, just, just hearing this. Jesus did this with a plan. He did this to declare himself as king, to declare himself as savior. He he planned it out. I mean, he you know he gives the disciples particular directions to get this colt, right? Well, let me reflect on another event in uh, in August. There's a a YouTube streamer, so a guy who makes videos that he posts on YouTube. It's his whole job. He he announced that he'd give away PlayStation 5s and gift cards and computers and a bunch of other stuff to, to people who showed up at Union Square in New York City on August 4th at 4 p.m. And thousands of people showed up even hours before that, and more kept congregating. But this guy uh, had not planned it. <laughs> He had not planned it. He had no permit. You know, the, the police were notified. The streets were not blocked off. There were no porta potties. The police department wound up mobilizing a thousand officers to try to get people to please go home. But it turns out it's hard to convince someone to leave who's been told that, that they can get a PlayStation if they stay. Too many people, you know, to stay on the sidewalk. They just filled up everywhere. Too many teenagers to avoid mayhem. Wound up classified as a as a civil dis- disturbance, and the YouTube stream was arrested for inciting a riot. <laughs> so that's what happens when you don't plan a big event. So let me be clear: Jesus planned this. He planned this event. You know, we shouldn't have the idea that Palm Sunday was was entirely spontaneous. You know, people had known for days, if not weeks, that Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. Passover is coming up. People are gathering in the city. This is the time to come in. And he comes from Bethany, 
where he knows people, where he's well known for, for raising Lazarus from the dead, among other things. And he's coming from there. People know where he's coming from. He even plans what he's going to ride. And in doing that, he actually further announces that he's coming. You know, sends the disciples to go get the colt. Well, p people are going to hear about that. People have time. People have time. Jesus knows what he's doing. He has a plan. What is to happen is not an accident, nor is this scene done casually or thoughtlessly. So why a colt? Why a colt? I mean, this this isn't an accident. Jesus plans this out uh, really, really carefully. Well, in Old Testament, prophet Zechariah writes, Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Zion, that's the, that's the hill that Jerusalem is on. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, what's he come riding in on? A colt. A colt. Uh, other gospel accounts uh, explain that he, he also brought a donkey with to make this, to make this entirely obvious, <laughs> to make this completely clear. Comes in riding on a colt into where? To, up to Zion, into Jerusalem. Even even the way that that he sends the disciples out, you know, with a to to go get the cold, he, he tells them to to tell anyone who asks, the Lord has need of it and will send it back. Well, who's the Lord? Jesus is, is the Lord. He's declaring, declaring that he's the ruler. He's claiming to be Lord, hinting at divinity. I mean, you know, what do we call God? We call God the Lord. So do people back then. So he's declaring himself to be king, declaring himself to be the Lord, declaring himself to be perhaps God. Jesus' disciples then go ahead of him. They're the ones, they're the, they're the you know, the advanced crew. <laughs> they're going in front of him, and by what they do, they set the tone for what other people are going to do. You know, they don't swarm him, be a mindless mob, but they, they worship him as he comes into Jerusalem. People are crying to him for salvation. I mean, they say, Hosanna, Hosanna means save us. It's a cry for salvation. And they acknowledge him as king. And they, 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 they take their cloaks. So this is, this, this seems a little bit like, why, why do they put their cloaks on the road in front? You know, is this like, a, you know, a man being a gentleman for a lady? It is that a little bit. But it's also, it's also that, that one time in the Old Testament, one time in, in the history of God's people, which which some of them would have known, is recorded in Second Kings nine thirteen, when a man named Yehu was declared king. Then in haste, every man of them took his garment and put it under him on the bare steps, and they blew the trumpet and proclaimed, "Yehu is king." They're putting their cloaks down. They're declaring that Jesus is king. And they're bringing palm branches. Palm branches is a sign of victory. And their cry is straight out of, Hosanna, out of Psalm 118. Hosanna, O Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is worship. That's what they're offering Jesus. This is worship. And this is a good time. You know, if you had gone to that, um, to that, that riot in Union Square in New York City, it would be a thrill, I'm sure. But, but in the end, not a good time. This, that's a good time. This is a good time. This is a celebration. Worship. And that's kind of my central point for today. Worship is good. Worship is joyful. This last, uh, this last week, 
or last two weeks, uh, some of you probably attended uh, homecoming parades. Uh, parades are kind of fun to go to. It's fun as a, as a kid to see the things, but you know what? It's kind of fun as an adult, too. You, just, you, you see, you kind of kind of celebrate. Uh, before living here, we, we uh, lived in Pierre, South Dakota. Pierre. That's Pierre, though, to all the local residents. And Pierre has a ton of parades. I mean, we've got, we've got, we've got parades here, but Pierre has a ton of parades. There's a 4th of July parade, a Christmas parade around Thanksgiving, homecoming parade, even, even a St. Patrick's Day parade despite there being very, very few Irish Americans in the city. <laughs> what a good parade is one where lots of people can take part, you know? Good parade is one that you get to be in, at least a little bit. You feel like you're part of the, part of the excitement. You know, the, the Macy's Day Parade is, is fun to watch on, on television, but when I go to a parade in person, I want one where, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right, at the, right at the front, where we're, where we're hanging out together. In um, in upstate New York one, one summer, I interned at a church. And while I was there, I mentioned offhand to the pastor that I had heard of people at some church creating a giant puppet and having this giant puppet pretend to sing hymns and preach during the Sunday service. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was one of the you know, most foolish things. I don't know, it was ridiculous. Why, why would you ever do that in church? It's ridiculous. But she immediately went, the, the pastor did, she said, well, that's a great idea. <laughs> Not for Sunday service, thankfully, but, but for the village's 4th of July parade. And so we built a giant of a figure, really she, she built, uh, I just helped out a little bit, a giant of a figure of a Civil War general whose name and picture was on the plaque of one of the stained glass windows. Uh, and I dutifully shouted to the crowd an explanation and an invitation to come to church to see it for yourself. This was, this was, yeah, that was an odd day in my uh, internship, but hey, definitely a well-planned one. See, why does it matter? Okay, you know, we, we don't have parades in worship most of the time. We don't have parades uh, when we're worshiping, but, but what, is, what does a parade do? You know, you're moving your body. And I think that's a bit of the point here, that, that, that we should, that I think that's something we should glean from here. Worshiping with your body that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, being in the pew, we're worshiping with our bodies by being, being in a particular place, by, by standing up to sing, by, by sitting down to pray. We're, we're worshiping with our body when, when we kneel down to pray at home, when you raise your hands while, while singing. Yeah, when you walk while praying. Uh, yesterday's prayer walk. But the most important part about the parade most important part about how we worship with our bodies is who we are worshiping. Jesus deserves our worship. You know, the, the, the issue with idols, the issue with idols isn't, one of, the, one of the big issues with idols is that it's a waste of worship. <laughs> it is actually a waste of time, a waste of devotion, a waste of looking up to them to worship idols. Idols fall. They fall hard. Jesus is the real deal. It's not a waste of time to worship him. It's not a waste of devotion. It's not a waste of looking up to him. He really created the universe, including us. He really is present with us. He really loves. He really saves. He really is good to follow. And the thing is, when we celebrate Jesus, well, we're celebrating too. We're celebrating too. We get to enjoy that celebration. It's not just, 
It's not just that, you know, Jesus' joy, but, but it's also our joy. And we worship with music a lot of the time, don't we? You know, I remember when I was, when I was a college student, I, I attended a, a Christian group on campus. And every Thursday, I'd get together for, for a time of worship, and somebody would share, share a short, short message and offer a prayer. And when I first got there, first, first went, to, went to this group, I was, I was pretty uncomfortable with, with the worship time because they weren't singing the hymns that I, that I you know, sang in church growing up. They were singing praise songs. You know, once once in a while, I'd sing uh, um, Chris Tomlin's cover of uh, Amazing Grace or something. But we weren't singing hymns. We were singing this, these praise songs that I didn't know. I wasn't comfortable with. I wasn't sure I could sing it. I didn't feel like a very good singer. Until there was a song. I know I've told this before, but until there was a song in Spanish. <laughs> and I thought, nobody expects me to sing this right. And so I tried it. <laughs> Felt like, oh yeah, my expectations are gonna be pretty low. I'll I'll try singing, you know. And uh, I probably didn't sing it very well, but that that kind of broke the ice for me. You know what? Singing to God, that's a joyful thing. That's a joyful thing. It's a, it's it's a good thing. Music is is great for worship. Did you know that uh, you know, pop singer uh, Katy Perry got her start releasing a Christian album? <laughs> Which kind of goes to, to show the point, you know, music can be used to worship and music can be used to entertain. It, where do we have music at? We have music at, almost oh, most of all, at concerts. And going to a concert, you get kind of a thrill, right? You get kind of a thrill from being there in the crowd with the, with the music playing and the, the, you know, the musicians up on the stage. It's, there's, there's a feeling to that that you don't get just from, from listening to a CD at home. There really is a different, different sort, of, sort of feeling from being at a concert. Music actually stirs up, stirs up our emotions. It stirs up our, our, our minds. It stirs up our bodies. Music has, a, has, has an effect on us. Music can be used to worship, but it can also be used to entertain. The, the, the thing about the, the feeling for music is, I know I've talked to some people who, who have gotten that, that same feeling from, from worship, and they've, from worship music, and they've, they've felt a little bit, you know, unsure about it. Hey, is it okay to get that same feeling from, you know, is that the same feeling that you get going to a, going to a, you know, a pop music concert or rock concert? Is it okay to get that feeling while, while you're worshiping? And here's, here's what I think. Here's, here's what I think. I think that, 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 uh, that, that, that feeling is appropriate for us to use in worship. Harness that power for worship. We should be enjoying worshiping, you know. You get that. You get that feeling. You get a get a feeling in your in your in your emotions, in your heart, in your in your body from the music that you're that you're singing and that you're that you're hearing. That that's fine. <laughs> that's a good thing when we're harnessing that for worship. You think about uh, um, uh, even like old Union Strike songs. Thinking about that as the UAW is is striking today, I'm not sure how much uh, how much you know songs are part of that that strike movement right now. But but they used to be, they used to be. There's real power in music, so harness that power, harness that power for worship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Worship with all you are. 
And it's a blessing, too, that the words of our worship songs teach us who God is. You know, the, it's not just the, the sermon, Sunday mornings, thank God, that, that teach us the word of God. It's also the, the songs, the, the scripture readings, it's also the prayers. It's also, it's also you know, receiving the sacrament. But the, the words of the hymns that we sing are important. They teach us. They teach us. My, my, uh, um, I'll talk with my, with my mom about, you know, what, she'll ask what I, what I preached on some Sunday. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll tell, you know, a passage of scripture. And, and uh, more, more often than not, even if it's a kind of obscure passage, she'll be like, oh, yeah, I know it. And then she'll, she'll sing a, a line from, from a hymn <laughs> that mentions it. That's where I think she, she's learned scripture most of all from. She's, she's learned the Bible chiefly through songs. The words that we sing teach us who God is. Ah, that's a great thing. That's, that's, why, that's why Linda and I take you know, special attention in the, in the music that, that we pick out for, for Sunday mornings. That's, that's why Linda and the, the, the choir pick out, pick out the music that they, that they do. Because the words that we sing and the words we hear teach us about who God is. You know, what we know in our hearts the best is often what we've sung. It reminds us. It reminds us. And we sang the, the hymn, I love to tell the story not too long ago. It's a joy to repeat. Your favorite songs are the ones you come back to and repeat and get stuck in your head. This is the value of hymns that really focus on God's character. You know, don't focus so much just on us, but on God. Worship is good. Worship teaches us. Worship does all of these things. It is right for us to worship Jesus. And the action of worship, too, teaches us how to live. When we worship, we're, we're reminding ourselves that there is one who is greater than us. Greater than your boss. Greater than your successes and greater than your failures. Greater than your challenges and greater than your virtues. Uh, there's, there's a sort of thing that gets put on uh, you know, church signs, but... It's hard to stumble when you're on your knees. Hard to stumble when you're, when you're on your knees, when you're praying to God, when you're, when you're worshiping God, acknowledging God. It brings a sort of sense of humility that isn't, doesn't mean being humiliated. A sense of humility that's, that's actually liberating. So as we hear about Jesus coming on Palm Sunday, being worshipped by the crowd there, being, being acknowledged as King and Lord and Savior. I want to call us to worship. Call us to, you know, worship at home. Worship at home. Pray to worship and, and sing, sing a hymn. Sing a hymn. No, no reason why you can't. And then worship together. And worship together here. Bring your family and friends to worship with you. Sing and and really get into it. Let's, let's really feel, let's really focus on the words and give attention to the Savior you are singing to when we sing hymns today and, and every Sunday. Amen.